Hello, hello. We are back. Long hiatus, very long hiatus. I, you know, I apologize. A lot of things, you know, got caught up. (laughs) So many things. So many things. Life (laughs) happens. Life happens and situations happen and media was lost. It's been a journey. I unfortunately, you know, we had other episodes ready to go and to be uploaded, though those would have also been late. But unfortunately, I was hacked. And had to take measures to reset my computer, and I lost the two other episodes we had recorded and done. Um, you know, which is very unfortunate. But we're back. We are back now. Yes, yes, you know. it's a, it's unfortunate. Um, uh, but better things to come. You know, new year, new podcast, new media to explore. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff. We, you know, I I actually, you know, since our last episode, I have actually went to visit Mars in person. Uh, and we got to hang out and it was a lot of fun uh it was a and great time. we watched a lot of media that i'm actually very excited to talk about <laughs> uh and and you know we had also talked about shifting the media entirely from this podcast to just us focusing on media in general rather than introducing ourselves to media because we realized eventually we will run out of things <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I realized sooner than I thought that I don't remember a lot of my childhood favorite TV shows and movies. So, yeah, I'm excited for this new opening. It's like opening it up to like you know more possibilities and plus like more stuff that we both like. Um, so I think it's exciting. I'm excited for this. I'm excited for this episode too because we're talking about Infinity Train, which you yes. Too. We are talking about Infinity Train, which was a show that um, came out on Cartoon Network for a two-season run, uh, and then it was unfortunately canceled uh, and re-picked up again by HBO Max, uh, or mm-hmm. HBO in general, and was picked up for another two seasons before unfortunately being uh, canceled again. Uh, yes. So this for this, we are only discussing seasons one through three, as Mars has not watched season four yet as uh due to time restraints but also conveniently enough as i did myself a refresh on season four from when i last watched it uh, i felt it would actually be more interesting to talk about it with the knowledge we do have and then come back to it with knowledge from season four uh because of some things that do happen in there that i I think it'll be interesting to come back to you know with fresher eyes plus i'm just not ready for the show to end man (laughs) yeah it's very unfortunate what happened to it because it's a very good show yeah and plus i feel like there's gonna you know as we talk about this uh, a lot of stuff left to interpretation and open unfortunately i have a feeling it's gonna happen yeah and obviously spoilers ahead uh if you haven't watched the show i highly encourage you to do so it is on hbo max right now it is such a good show and is worth your Mm -hmm. time to watch it is so good I yes, it's one of the first like Cartoon Network shows in a while that I've really been like, holy shit! Everybody and their mother needs to see this show, experience it, and cultivate on it for sure. Yeah, but uh, I think I think just to start it off, so like, what what do you think? Like, glazed blanket thoughts just over the show overall. Um, so overall, it is. It's, I mean, for me personally, it's right up my alley. Like, it's a show about, like, it's a, it's a cartoon, very vibrant show with this, like, story of, you know, pe- there's this train that's, like, you know, infinite cars with infinite, like, rooms and, like, new ideas, um, but also has the whole morality aspect and, like, ethics and philosophy and discovering oneself 
and I think that's also, you know, great for a kid's show, um, depending on, like, you know, the ages and how people feel. But, um, you know, because Adventure Time does similar stuff. And there's a few mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. good Cartoon Network shows that does that. But this was very refreshing. Um, like, first few episodes of season one, and we, like, you know, meet Tulip, who's a young... Um, young young girl who just like you know really interested in coding and like video games gives you that retro feel too in the very beginning and kind of almost feels like it's set with some 90s aspects and then you know she gets onto this train and has to go on this like you know odyssey like journey to decrease a number that is printed on her hand which is i thought was a very interesting concept at the very start this whole show is very convoluted and, you know, can <laughs> has a lot to discuss, but overall is right up my alley. And that's why I'm very excited for this episode. Uh, yeah, so. it is. It, it's a very good show. I remember when I when I first watched it, like I, I was reeled in by the pilot for it. And I remember like um, before it even got picked up, I was so much advocating for it because like just based off of the pilot alone, I was like, oh, this looks like so interesting. Like, mm-hmm. I want to know. I want to know what's going to happen. I want to know what's happening. Um, yeah. Because I believe, uh, like, I think I told you episode three of season one was, like, the pilot they had shared. Uh, mm-hmm. So it, like, left off on that cliffhanger. And I really, like, I was so interested in what was going on. Uh, and, also, and also just because it does present itself, you know, with mystery elements. Uh, though, you know, not, not to this one. Because this one over here guessed, like, half of the things that were supposed to be, like, not obvious. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm slow. Maybe I didn't get it. But I listen, like, they, like <laughs> I I remember like half of the twist that I was like, oh, I can't wait to see the reaction. They had guessed it was going to be a thing like three episodes in. And I was like, ah, damn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because uh, I started like the way that I process things and theorize. I come to like most like possible, like how it, this story would be tell like possibility and so when the idea of you know one one was introduced one one's supposed to be like a side character for the first uh story that we have with tulip and uh what storytelling goes you know they're kind of and especially with this whole hero's journey thing they're supposed to be like the side mate um but eventually i had it i was like oh yeah one one's definitely going to be part of this uh like the conductor because this whole like other conductor thingy this robot guy that's like you know scary that turns out to be amelia at the very end um didn't make sense to me at all and didn't match with the story i had planned in my head and when they it was the corgi episode when they showed the the orbs that's when it clicked for me for sure because i was like oh one one's exactly like that and he's looking the whole um are are you my mom thing really played into that too um one one's a very interesting character to me and i wish that you know if the, sh- the show ever decided to continue or get picked up or like the creator does something else that we would get more from one one because there's i feel like there's so much that his character has to offer from not like from what we got from season one but like the little pieces that we got from the rest of the seasons too and also i just want to know like the whole like reasoning mm-hmm. of his actions even i mean even if it is like he said code um no yeah one one is a very very interesting character uh for sure and and we had spoken about this uh so so the freshest season for us is we we just watched season three yesterday mm-hmm. uh and season three definitely gives us a little bit more insight uh to one one through amelia and the things yes. that you know uh she says to simon 
saying, you know, one one has no idea you exist. To him, you're basically a number on a page. He doesn't know you exist more than anybody else here. Yeah. And which is, you know... No, you go. I was going to say, which is super interesting, because like I had said, I think last night, um, it kind of contradicts that in a way, because, you know, in the first season he seems to know who tulip is i mean at least has some types of emotion towards her from like what he can provide but then we also said like you know when he gets into the actual like he gets back into the conductor position he seems like a completely like ones and zeros type of you know ai system even though that like, he has mentioned before like i think it was in season two knowing tulip um after seeing lake and stuff well, that and, and also um, something that I slightly picked up on when we rewatching season three is uh, Amelia never refers to one as one one. She consistently yeah. refers to him as one, as if one and one one are not the same thing. Oh, I kind of forgot. Oh, my God. I kind of forgot that um, he had like that, like two different, you know, there was two of them technically in a, a sense um mm. uh, it seemed like they were very you know what's the word s- s- symbiotic in a way mm-hmm. um but they were also two different entities uh, i totally forgot about that and she that that made more sense okay that makes more sense to me now because i was like why is amelia i thought it was just a mistake and like uh one one thing but oh my god i can't believe i like totally forgot like the major like thing of it about how he's like technically two entities well well that and it's also uh she also may be referring to them like again because it's like upon rewatching, um when in season one where they're in the turtle car and you know one one is trying to fix it because you know he's like it's wrong there's it's not correct when he's talking to tulip and he's like i can fix it his voices are merging as if they are one so one might be a different composition of one one as a character, you know, when he's conductor versus when he's just one. <laughs> you get what I mean? Oh, oh. Hello. Hello. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay. No, you're I don't know what the hell happened. I don't know what the hell happened. Um, my computer's just turned off. No, you're like good. my monitors. It was really weird. I get you. Get you. Did it cut out what I was saying or no? Um, I yeah, I cut out what you were saying. I forgot what, what the sentence that we were in the. No, middle. that's fine. Uh, so what I had said was um that it's interesting too because with certain things uh upon rewatching I had noticed. In season one, when uh, like one one is talking to Tulip and he's like, you know, I'm gonna fix the car because they're in the car, he's trying to fix it. Uh, his voices become merged and as if they are like one entity, uh, rather than the two different voices he would be using before uh, when he was like one one and not mm-hmm. one, 
which leads you know me like when i'm watching it to believe that one and one one are two different things or at least personalities of his one being more i guess of a conductor role and one one being you know the one that walked with tulip that's interesting okay um that kind of makes more sense now. It makes me really want to fucking know more about the whole thing as a whole, like a whole, the whole, the train as a whole. Um, Cause if that's the case, now I'm just started thinking about the morality questions that to this mm-hmm. whole thing. Um, hmm. It's it is very much like a morality thing because we had dived into this a lot in season three, with um talking about how ethical and how moral it really is for yeah. one to be bringing uh one one to be bringing children on the train because yes. you know it seems like you're taking children who are on the wrong path young and putting them on a train as if to be like oh well if they don't get on the train they'll never change. But they are just children. Like behavior is subject to change in children <laughs> by learning yeah. and growing. Um, because the you know the ages that we see, I mean, ranges from like Simon being ten years old when he got onto the train, and then twelve. I'm assuming is around like twelve, maybe thirteen. Uh, I can look that up. I'm not sure. The only youngest person I think that we have like seen as a character is probably you know hazel but hazel's not even a passenger but yes it comes down to this like you know morality thing of like uh should we be judging the characters in their act like a character should we be judging someone who is 10 years old and how they act and what their morals are um and bringing them onto this like like crazy ass like kind of almost life-threatening journey in a way um to test their morality and to you know push them to become a better person and to con- like conquer what's inside and their self identity um cuz it seems like a lot for a child it does yeah. um and what's to say like you know if they don't go onto the train like what's going to happen like it makes me think that one one has this like ability to know the future or like you know the futures of these people's lives and is trying to prevent like a uh, you know, a serious like fucking thing to happen. Like, oh, World War Three is gonna happen if this person doesn't get on this train and fix their you know moral code or and everything. Well, but it, um, but it works all by numbers. So if if it yeah. is to determine like a person's fate, it would have to be based on like the statistical probability of them becoming a bad person. Like, right. and even then, that's subjective. You know, I would say that's a subjective thing that you can't really measure. Uh, also, to confirm, Tulip is 13 years old. 13 years um, old, okay. So, and you know, like with Tulip, you like you could argue, right? It's like with Tulip, her issues were she could not like bring herself to work through her parents' divorce and was like shrouding her feelings and uh, could not like bring herself to face the, the like, was it running, like scared of like facing her own life and lashing out because of that. But she's also 13. Like, it's big emotions to deal with. And it's like how, again, it's that thing of like, you know, it all worked out and she's a better person for it. But was it necessary to put her on the train to do that? Especially at, you know, being 13 and like uh, her parents getting divorced. Like, that's a fucking lot to handle. So, yeah, it's a it's a question of like, 
it's hard. I mean, because like you know, they do come out at the very like the majority of the time. These people are coming out like better at the end. Yeah. Um, but one one being a you know a little orb dude who knows zeros and ones. I don't know if that's credit him or justifies his actions towards putting him on the train in the first place. You know, uh, that's why I wish I could know more about like motives, but I think that's something that you know, even if the show continued on, that the creator probably would have just left open. I mean, maybe I, I, I don't know how much uh, the creator has talked about it, uh, because I haven't been following as much as I would have liked to since the show's been canceled. Um, yeah, but I, I think like a, another thing to also think about is when we're talking about you know how one one was with like tulip and stuff because that you know that gets mm -hmm. brought up a lot is like has he improved because of the journey he's been on because that's the thing too is that we haven't mm. seen we haven't seen how one one was when we he first like when amelia first gets on and like in the 80s yeah. because i i had told you that the next season takes place in the 80s right which means that yeah. that also quant like gives you this thing of like how long has the train been a thing how long has the train existed, you know? And right. that also, uh, what was my point? <laughs> I had a point. Um, oh, but yeah, seeing how 1-1 one, one has changed, because if, if he has changed at all, because you also have to think if denizens are people, right? Like the denizens or whatever they're called, the train people on the car uh, mm -hmm. are there to help passengers. Can passengers also help train people? like do better and be better and like because train people have feelings and maybe also have problems and when you help train people your number goes down because you're also helping yourself by helping others oh well, yeah we kind of we kind of see that with season three with uh tuba um even though that hazel was uh was one you know a, someone from the train too created mm -hmm. by the train um uh, with grace oh, i almost forgot her name for a second with grace we see that you know she she cares and that she helps um even though like it was very short term help and not much to offer to but more probably hazel in the season but i i the way that you mentioned like with one one and the like the how he probably changed too with his journey with like the journey and stuff i mean it makes sense because it seems like even um what was his name? The little corgi guy. I forgot his name. Uh, Atticus. Atticus. Yeah. Like even Atticus, like, you know, self journey, like that's how the whole like hero type of journey situation is, is you go through obstacles and then you come out at ends like usually better. And, um, um, you know, you know, understanding of oneself. And I think the same thing probably had to happen to one, one, even mm -hmm. if the, he's back into the conductor position, like I said before, like he, I would have liked to see him before Amelia because maybe he was, you know, kind of uh, crazy and what's the word? Tyrannic? Wait, what's the Tyr word? Tyrannical. For? Yeah, um, in a way, but who knows? Like, it's unfortunate. Once again, very unfortunate that the show got canceled. Oh yeah, I mean the the latest version of one one we can we have to go off of is season two because we don't get yeah. to see him in season three. We only get to see Amelia, uh, but in season two, even though he's he looks to improve somewhat, he still is very clinical about his like number stuff. He's like, nope, numbers are for passengers. Uh, I can't help both of you yeah. get off. Uh, you're a trained person, and I don't. I'm I'm not here to help you. 
you know, I don't know, listen, man, it's not my job. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, Brenton back that question again of like his like different like the different entities and personalities that he has. <sighs> complex. It's very complex. I and I, you know, looking into that, I really want to look into season one. I think I, I would want to go by season, but season one, I think, uh, you know, follows that linear thing of like, at least how I took it while watching it the first time was like, you know, trying not to stray away from hard emotions and stuff that's like hard to deal with, like let yourself yeah. be in your emotions, um, and allowing yourself to just. I don't, I, what's like not lie to yourself, kind of based on the one episode with the tape, uh, and how, you know, when Tulip is going through her memories again, she starts to realize like this is fake and she starts making what's real, real. And she's like, that's not how it happened. That's, this is how it happened. You know, and I, I always thought that was such a good sentiment because it's, especially like for younger kids, it's so hard to like, not sit with your emotions because like you're a kid like they don't teach you how to just sit with terrible emotions ever you know yeah i know season one really provides that whole like understanding of like kind of like yeah exactly what you said like sitting with your emotions and understanding like how one is feeling and how one is interacting while feeling those emotions because we saw a lot of like with uh tulip's memories like uh anger outbursts and other things um and like even like her getting on the first episode where she gets on a train she's running away well not running away she's trying to walk herself to camp which i was like i was like girl that is a long trip (laughs) i was like how are you doing this but and then we get you know towards the end of the season we get into that aspect of grief and what a grief is and I think this also like the first season touches on grief as um, being kind of subjective, not really subjective, but very like broad in a way. Cause like, I think Tulip was grieving over her own losses of like her parents splitting up and mm-hmm. the way that like, you know, her memories were. And then we have like literal, literal like grieving over someone that you lost with Amelia. And we find out about, you know, yeah. the conductor that is currently on the train. Um, at least that's what I under- got from the got from it, especially with towards the end. No, um, I completely agree. Mm-hmm. Especially because you know when the cat uh, shows like Tulip Amelia's tape and Tulip, because they are in the, like in that moment, you know, they're grieving their own personal loss of their family and also grieving their friend because Atticus. Yeah, you know, um, they oh, right, are immediately yeah. upset with the cat because like Tulip, you know, has gone through growth and has learned. And this empathy realization is what eventually, you know, gets her her door. But she's like, you know, I didn't want to see that because like now I can't just I can't sit here and be angry at her when I need to be because I know she's hurting now. I know that she's scared and running like me. And it's like, I can't like I can't do it now. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, more like to sum it up is just like, you know. Fuck! I was I forgot I was gonna how I was gonna sum it up. Never mind. Um, <laughs> no, it's a it's it's a very I liked how this it like started too like this season and its topic because um you know oh I was gonna sum it up by saying don't run away from your problems. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> and so you know have your you feel what you're feeling. That was what I was gonna say. But yeah. I think that it started out like with a really great topic and like 
it flowed perfectly. Um, I know the episodes are sh- like 11 minutes long, but it felt like it wasn't 11 minutes at times. Like even when I was watching season three, I was like, damn. Um, Cause there's the way that they frame it and they structure it is just so, and the, the writing is fantastic. Cause they, in 11 minutes, man, there's a lot you have to do with a show like this and a lot that you can't do. And they, the creators of the show, credit to you guys, really did great in making everything just see, almost seamless and like keeping the story, uh, mo- you know, motivated and going. Oh, yeah. It's it's also uh, very impressive when you can take like something so fantastical and yet it still feels so grounded and like in oh, realism yeah. in its issues and like the problems that it's trying to like convey and, and like tell you um which was like always super impressive to me uh, especially in season one because you know it's supposed to like it's a whole introduction you're introducing me to right. the concept of the train and this character and the side characters and what's going on um so the, the fact that it managed to do all that without making it seem like too much and still getting its point across and being a fulfilling season was very impressive to me um yeah no i agree you know especially i guess having having also struggles uh mirror themselves pun intended uh because you know of the second season and how it follows the like a mirror person but you know very much makes it such its own story yes season two man absolutely I would say season three was probably the most um, emotionally damaging season, but season two was just a, a blast. It was a, it was fun in this the whole self identity and finding oneself like your place and like you know separating yourself because we we follow this in a, like you say you know a mirror copy of Tulip. Um, but as they come to, and as they're running away from these, what are they called? Mirror? Uh, the, the flex. The flex. Yeah. The flex, which is like cops in the mirror universe or bounty hunters in a way. Yeah. Um, as we watch, uh, I forgot what they called themselves before. Like, I forgot the name. Well, who called who self? Like before they. Oh, uh, MT. MT, which which yeah. you know something else that a lot of people pointed out is that uh mt's name also sounds like empty so you know very <gasps> much on that type of <laughs> yo <laughs> yo no that's so sad now <laughs> i know but yeah i mean it makes sense because we do follow mt and how they are you know just trying to gain some self selfness to them um, yeah. And figuring out who they are separate from being the mere version of Tulip. And then we have, what's his name? Oh, God. Uh, Jesse. Jesse, come in. Who is just your typical, like, kind of um, bro dude. But has a great personality, but is struggling to, like, I would say, like, almost, like, people please in a way. Yeah. Um, And... So we have one person who is like, you know, really pleasing other people, but not pleasing himself. Um, and then we have one, the other person who is trying to figure out who themselves are. And I yeah. honestly thought it was very vibrant the whole time. I really liked the dynamic of these two. It felt like I was watching, you know, two kids like go on like a stand by me type of journey. 
um, which I really enjoyed. And along the way, you know, self-discovery along the whole subject of, you know, Hero's journey is a part of it. And so we get to see Lake, you know, MT turn in, you know, transform into Lake and, you know, get life outside of the train, which was interesting. Yeah, I, I would also say it was very nice to watch their dynamic because they're just polar opposites of each other where, you know, Jesse is a people pleaser and is like, you know, I don't want to I don't want to make anybody mad at me. And I, I just want like everybody to be happy. Right. And Lake, Lake is very much a independent, like one for all, all for one type of like you know it's me versus the world you know this whole world is against me everybody's against me so i'm going to stand on my yeah. own i don't care about anybody else i'm here for me uh and and you know he and i think you know obviously being around like gives them uh like gives him that opportunity to learn how to like stand his ground like he does with uh, right. the, the apex and he you know he puts his foot down and and faces the truth of like you can't please everybody and nor should you want to please everybody yeah and you know uh, lake especially uh i think also struggles with just trying to please like like and it's also that thing of like lake also because of that independentness and that selfness ironically enough uh always ends up i guess getting shafted because they don't want to please anybody but people are always right. like wanting to be pleased. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I agree with that. Um, I think a part of the journey for Lake and Desi both was like kind of more more so Lake just like figuring like the fact the fact that with one's selfness also comes with like surrounding yourself by other people too. Because I think that one thing that they like really struggled with was just you know the whole like i'm me i'm by myself but throughout their journey and stuff comes to realize like oh i am myself but i'm also allowed to have other people around me and everything which i really enjoyed too discovering that you know community is and friends is part of self-discovery in a sense yeah for sure i I think I think it is also like season two is is one of my favorite seasons. I still really per, I I think season three is probably my favorite out of the four, but season two just really hits you, especially in the sense of like, um I think like the other thing too is at the end where Lake is faced with one and and one, obviously not meaning anything by it, but telling telling Lake, um, no, like you're doing such a good job at it. This is your job. This is what yeah. you were made for. Like, this is what you do. You help people. Like, you're so good at it. This is what you do. And, like, having to fight, like, to just be recognized of, like, I don't exist for anybody. I exist for myself. I exist for me. I Like, I am who I am, yeah. not because you told me to be. Uh, but to have that, like, thrown back at their face, like, consistently and over and over and over again. Like, like especially trying to come into, like, your own self. Uh, especially knowing that there is somebody like for or like for your whole life, you were just a mirror of somebody else. Right. It's kind of like that whole thing of I think that the season also like just speaks on like you're not enough. Like, oh, you're not enough to be an actual person and have an actual personality. Like, you can't. You like you you're you're fine where you're at, but you're never going to be enough to do this and type of situation. Um, and I think 
probably on a deeper level, Jesse probably had the similar situation of not being enough, but that's like a whole nother conversation. I don't know much about Jesse's character to do a whole psychoanalyzing on him. I, I but don't... I don't know. See, the th- the thing is too. I think it's Lake also just presents like a sentiment uh, that you could apply to most marginalized groups. Like that conversation yeah. with one one. Every time it's happened, and I don't know if it's just me as a person taking it this way, and maybe I'm looking too deep into it. I truly could be, but as a like person of color, every time I hear the sentence like where they're like, you know, it's it's like where like it's like i'll do anything like i will do anything to be treated the same way that the other people are being treated like just tell me what i need to do i will do anything to do that and one one is just like no like you're right where you're supposed to be like you're right where you're supposed to be this is the plan this is what's supposed to be done for you as if it's like a system you get me it's the system and then like the marginalized group within the system every time i watch that or look at it the scene Mm -hmm. i always feel like that and again, it like again, it could just be that looking too deep into it type of thing. But I, without fail, always feel like that when I watch that scene. See, I don't think you're looking too deep into it. I think it, you know, I think that's a very good, valid point to you know uh, make um, because I, it, one of the things about Infinity Train too that I think does you know, not maybe intentionally don't doing, um, always like somehow manages to tie in like real elements into the experiences of these characters um mm-hmm. like i think the train itself can speak on to a lot of different things but that's why it's fucking great man that's why i love this sh- this is a very good show um and season three like even like i've said i'm a big fan of season two but season three really sh- kind of shakes the ground and maybe it's because hbo max got a hold like w- had a hold of it but the season three really kind of shifts the like oh we're following like little kids now we're kind of i'm assuming simon and grace were probably either late teens or early 20s uh, i mean they refer themselves to kit as themselves kids but you know i don't know if that was like honesty or not uh, but so Simon and Grace are 18 years old. Okay, I, that's what I figured that they were either going to be around like 18 or like early 20s. Um, but so we get like we it's like kind of shifts the focus now onto these like you know kids who were like started off on like both on a train around the ages 10 maybe 11 and then grew up on the train itself, which is you know once again bringing in that more like question of like is this right because you're potentially stripping away like the life of people who end up like staying on the train or the kids who ended up joining the apex and stuff like that um Mm -hmm. and you know the apex gives very much you know this very um culty what's the word (laughs) culty very culty um right wing um masculine like ah movements group you know whatever whatever you want to call it that's a little you know i think the apex would fit very much into don't look up (laughs) yes 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 um uh, you know their whole their whole idea is that one one is not the true conductor and then amelia who was the previous conductor is the true conductor and they must destroy like things to get their points 
um, on their hand to the highest number because right. Amelia and that had they are, the highest number. They are entitled to things, and that and this is entitled. you are entitled to this for simply existing. Yes, and so it's really interesting because, like, the whole season, like, because we start, we see, we see some of the apex of season two, and I fucking hated him. I was like, good god, <laughs> like holy shit, this is so bad. And then you had told me that season three focuses on the apex. And I was like, ugh, this is going to be a bad season. <laughs> but it's actually a really good season that shows um, how trauma and abuse like manifests and manifests themselves in a way. Um, and even like manifest in like the people that we love is what, I mean, at least I got from it yeah. um, in a sense. Um, and just also manifests into... Because, cause, you know, it also presents that other perspective of the train where it's like not everybody is going to just take to the train like we've been right. seeing where you're going to just find you're going to find people who don't want to change or be better because that because right. you could argue for season three. Oh, well, they don't know. But there are moments I feel like with Simon and Grace where I think they both know what it means because they say like, oh, well, what, where do the kids go when like the thing hits zero? And Simon says, nobody knows. But in season two, when Jesse takes the door, Simon's like, I can't believe he would take the door. He was a coward. Insinuating yeah. that he knows that where it goes and that it goes back home. And that they are choosing to just not go back home. You know? Well, and I think that was something that Grace was, you know, battling a lot throughout season three is the fact that she, you know, finds out the truth about, like, the conductor and, like, everything but at the same time, I still want to keep that, like, you know, oh, this is actually my entitlement. I deserve this. Um, mm -hmm. I want to keep maintain the system that I have placed. Um, and honestly, like, I mean, we find out Grace's backstory is that she was a very, like, comes from a, like a wealthy family that, but her parents neglect her and mm -hmm. like isolate her and like we're not actually parents. And then she does something to try to get into that focal point of her parents where she like steals and then the train shows up. And then from that point on, um, we didn't like get to see like her. I don't think we got to see like her beginning like moments on the train besides when she found Simon. But um, from that point on, like after she had her interaction with the conductor, I think that it's that was her way of just like her whole the whole train itself was just a coping mechanism for her in a way well um, i think i think what it was uh again upon rewatching it i realized this is that i think she feels like you are entitled to the train's things because the conductor yeah. the conductor is talking to the steward and says take what we need from the train and so following the conductor because the conductor just saved her life She's like, oh, okay, well, this is, this is it. Like, oh, this is, like, oh, this is what we got to do. Hmm. Yeah, so carrying that sentiment with her to Simon and then eventually to the apex. Yeah. So, you know, you could argue that, you know, Amelia's not working through, it's like Amelia not working through her grief and her emotions and taking over the train uh, has that direct impact on hurting other people on their journey. And, like, stopping them from making progress on the train. Yeah. You know, because, what, what is it that um, Hazel says in Grace's tape uh, to her? She's like, well, like, Simon was going to kill you. And Hazel's like, Simon didn't come up with this idea on his own. 
you yeah. put this idea, you started this, you brought these people up with these ideals and these notions, and now they're hurting people. You know, and, and it does come into what you were saying, where it feels like, like, it could feel like groups that are like in real life, where it's like these groups rise up and they share their ideals with other groups who go on to cause harm. And there are some of these groups, some, not all, that started with decent intentions, but those intentions have been lost and, again, you know, lead to stuff like the apex. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, and also how, like, you know, trauma leaves you vulnerable and then therefore um, uh, you're more susceptible to, you know, either starting these groups or um, uh, cults or, um, you know, being uh, susceptible to being part a participant of it. Yeah. Um, uh, and it also goes back to fear because the whole yeah. reason that, you know, grace doesn't go back or chooses not to go back is because you know she doesn't want to go back to her life her family because she's like yeah. so she's like she feels so neglected she doesn't want to be there simon we don't get anything of but i assume it's yeah. you know relevant to the same thing uh you know maybe even more so as to you know what he ends up being but we'll get to that <laughs> yes um <laughs> but yeah and i think grace like I think that was also, it's definitely fear too, because, uh, you know, she very much built this community for her. And I felt like one thing that I felt about Grace throughout the uh, season is like when we come across Hazel, who ends up being what the Apex calls a null, which is just the other train like creatures. Um, and so. Which is uh, still <laughs> still can't wrap my head around um uh, like Hazel's like story in general, but um I noticed that even though it was manipulative at times for Grace to do this, she felt like very um uh, motherly, and I think that she was put like uh I don't know what the right term is, but like project you know projecting what she wanted like for parents or like as a mother mm. onto Hazel. And that's why she developed such a good relationship with her throughout the journey that, you know, Simon and her have to go on to get back to the the apex cart. Um, I mean, that's at least what I felt. I was like, oh, she's acting what people might deem as very motherly attributes. And I think that's what something that Grace was just missing out on throughout her childhood. And then through the apex and then through this journey, she found like oh, like, yes, I'm, like, also running from my past and I'm dealing with all this trauma and, like, you know, memories and guilt I have because of it now, um, which is fascinating to me. No, I, I it's, it's also a thing of, even though it's, it is that thing where it's, like, again, how, like, trauma manifests and how, you know, somebody who is carrying trauma and, like, actively not working through that trauma can yeah. latch that onto other people. Uh, like, again, it comes back to Grace where it's, like, even though Grace ends up being the one who is trying to be redeemed and redeeming herself and trying to be better, and that's good. Growth is always good um, and is always a feel-good thing. But you also have to wonder how Simon would have turned out if he had never met Grace. Yeah. You know, or if like if if things had been different and, and Grace didn't carry these ideals with her if she had never met the original conductor. 
like you have to think about if Grace would have been the same or if it was because of that interaction that she turned out the way she did. Yeah. You know, all about those, you know, one, one, because that, that's the thing too, is that at that moment, the train is not being run, really. The train is just going. The train is, yeah, going. Um, I mean, it's hard to say, like, since we don't get, like, you know, much context to, like, Grace's life until the very end and stuff. Um, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just hard to say. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's also um, a thing of, so here's something that might help you feel a little bit, like, weird, like, ooh, about 1-1. One, one. Um, I kind of just thought of this right now. So when Grace gets picked up by the train, Amelia is currently the conductor because yeah. Amelia does not is not the conductor until Tulip shows up and the apex have well been a thing for a few like years at that point by when Tulip shows up um yeah. which goes to show you is it one one who's picking up passengers because if he's not the conductor at that moment who's picking up passengers the train I guess just does so on its own the system I... does so it must be because, um, you know, Amelia's whole purpose of becoming a conductor was just to take it over and make cars that produced her life before with Ulrich. Um, like, I don't think she had, you know, she wasn't really doing much other than that. So it must just be completely coded into the fact that, like, they must have a system of, you know, ones and zeros on like, oh, we have to pick up this person here. This is like they match the the algorithm to be brought onto the train and stuff. Um, it, I had a thought. I forgot what I was going to think now. <laughs> I mean, we can't really tell because also the thing about like we don't get much from Simon. So to say, like, you know, would Simon be different or, you know, what happens to Simon at the very end could have been prevented is hard to tell because Simon himself just gives off characteristics of being white supremacist, you know, incel, like, 4chan. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna go in my basement and paint, paint miniatures. Yeah, exactly. Like For, he's, for like, war. <laughs> like, I would say in the very, like, in the episodes that we got him with um, in season two, like, he felt very different from season three. And at first I was like, okay, he's just a nerdy ass kid. But then he started presenting these, like, uh, uh, you know, very, I'm, a, I'm better than you because uh, when Grace started losing her numbers, he seems like he was wanting to find a way to um, very much um, get in control of the apex. Mm. And we do see that, I mean, at the very end. And it's very unfortunate, and I was kind of rooting for him to have a redemption in a way, but unfortunately, he takes that power, that power grip that he has now over both, you know, um, Grace and the, the Apex, because his numbers are higher, and he goes full send with it, to the point where he turns into what looks like a green saber for the Matrix, and then he <laughs> perishes. Well, I mean, it's also like you're you're right that Simon also presents like that that white supremacist thing because he quite literally in this show is presented with evidence that he is wrong and is immediately yeah. like, "That's a lie. It's a conspiracy." <laughs> yeah, no, he's very much like, "That's not true. You're lying." And even when Grace like showed like you know empathy and love towards 
<coughs> excuse me, Hazel, he was like, no, he, she's a null, yucky, gross. And, you know, <laughs> I've definitely heard that once or twice at Thanksgiving um, dinner, let me tell you. Yeah, but and, and um, like, just, like, homie immediately hones in on, like, what he's always known and is, like, not susceptible to any new information yeah. of, like, with evidence being given to him. Like, he refuses to believe that what he knows is wrong. And Amelia even tells him that, you know, because Amelia at this point is, like, 50, in her mid-50s. She's, like, middle-aged. Yeah. And is like like of course like have you ever thought for a second that you might be wrong and she's like of course you haven't you're a child like <laughs> yeah i think this season really hits on like a few things when it comes to like trauma and like i think the main like focus that we see of the different characters is how one self interacts with our own trauma and how one self can like you know heal from it or not heal from it and you know it led to an extreme sense with Simon, but um, we I think we can also just see that with like uh, Tuba and Hazel in a way too. I also kind of noticed that now that I was when I was back on the subject of Grace kind of being motherly, I also think that this season for some reason really provides like for some like motherly love and comfort as like a like an underlining like focus. Because we, we, with like Hazel, she obviously has no parents. And then like Tuba is this, like, you know, a, a, you know, a knoll and has child, had children. And, mm-hmm. you know, children unfortunately die. So she takes on this motherly fig- figure for Hazel. And then that is kind of almost replaced by Grace in a way. And then we have Amelia, who is, um, has has no like motherly connection whatsoever ever to like hazel who interacts with her and stuff like that it's very interesting i'm not sure if it was intentional to give off this vibe but i definitely see no uh, i see i see what you mean i mean it's it's also very much the energy that's presented it's also very much that like you know train people are there to help passengers and it's like hazel now going off with amelia and amelia making the statement you know maybe one day i'll get off this train you know, has like that under sentiment to where they're, they're going to help each other. You know, yeah, cause, and... cause that, you know, that's the other thing is you have to you have to consider like like the point I'd made earlier where our passengers there also to help train people because Tuba also says uh, to like to Simon or Grace, I can't remember that, like, she's very lucky that Hazel had come into her life. Yeah. You know, helping Tuba work out some grief and some loss and i mean we kind of see the cats which we haven't really touched on much samantha (laughs) samantha (laughs) um uh, to to give a brief uh, summary of the cats uh i think that she's just kind of used as a um an anchor in a way throughout Mm. the whole show kind of like one one but Uh, a main a main staple a main staple of like how uh kind of like a you know a spirit to guide you along your journey and shit but with simon and this also kind of correlates to like the whole motherly subject but also just trauma in general when simon was first introduced to the train you know um uh, the cat was uh, right by his side until you know a situation had occurred and samantha ended up leaving him and he took that in as abandonment and mm-hmm. you know still like several like years later held on to that resentment of this abandonment until he confronted it um but even confronting it 
confronting it and like talking to the cat again um, for help was did not resolve anything like it didn't cross over yeah, him because he also very to, much went to her for personal gain like yeah. you know he was like you abandoned me so you owe me like you will help me yeah and so it's it's interesting uh, because i think this was the first time that we saw like the next two you know amelia but that was more towards uh amelia using the cat and almost killing the cat I think that Simon was the first one that we got to see, you know, the, you know, kind of more lore and background on the cat, mm. um, uh, which was interesting. Um, yeah. And, and also just leading into like seeing how, I guess, the cat, well, maybe the cat was always this way, but having that like leaving thing and almost being attacked kind of leads into the reason why she may be as self-preserving as she is in, yeah. you know, in the future years and in the first seasons we see her in. Uh, cause you know, she's very much, she's very much there to play the game as it goes, you know, new conductor. Okay. I'll work for the new conductor so I can do my, I get a whole car. Cause that, that's the other thing too, is that I, I kind of assume, even though it's never outwardly spoken that, uh, she works for the conductor and in return, the conductor gives her a whole car to just hoard her stuff in. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the, you know, fun little details that the cat is a hoarder, which I think is very funny just to have as like a detail. <laughs> she's a collector no she's definitely a hoarder um which you know i think is interesting to bring up in this season about trauma because we we kind of get it it's mentioned throughout like the first few seasons but it's not until you know like simon like uh, tells grace ah oh, she's collecting again but the way that he expresses it seems like in concern and like of course because you know hoarding is unfortunate not unfortunately but like is a in a, a a symptom of like you know can be a symptom of trauma and other like mental health um so i think that's interesting that we you know finally get to have that connection with um uh, some of uh, the cats maybe personal trauma it's very surface level like we don't get much yeah, but yeah. it's definitely in relation to what's like the the major themes of the whole like uh season and oh, stuff yeah for, especially because like it's like with the cat and tuba i think it's like one of the first times we get like a full-on glimpse into denizens like being also having their own trauma and like issues mm -hmm. that they have to just work with like regardless of passengers or not because we we don't get much of that in season one to my knowledge from what i'm remembering and yeah. in season two the only real denizen we're there with consistently is alan dracula um and he's just kind of there <laughs> you know he's a deer he's a, he's a homie he just he's, he's there for the ride you know uh and it, it becomes and, and you're right you know simon comes from that place of like you know she's collecting again and it's very much like like damn i like you know as if he's seen it before and he's like aware that yeah. it's like unhealthy um and is and, and and i think you know it's even more symbolic of like having a whole room in season one because you know she's working for someone who she knows is dangerous and like could kill her so like the stress of that leads to all this collecting and hoarding and like stacking and you know this big train car yeah yeah so i mean that's what i think and that's what like season three like really does well is like shows like the different levels of trauma and how one processes and copes through it and expresses it um even like with amelia like um, she pretty much was like, you know, I, I'm, I won't ever be forgiven, can't forgive myself, and I'm not over, like, some of the shit that I've been through, but I'm slowly trying to make amends just for personal, like, you know, reasons and everything. Um, 
I mean, yeah, because she even says, she's like, listen, you know, my number's going down. I don't even notice it. I'm just making amends yeah. to make amends, <laughs> like, like not for, for gain. Um, and, and, you know, and, and the thing is, too, it shows all these people working through their trauma differently. Like, you know, Hazel working through it to discover stuff about herself. Amelia doing it her way, making amends. Grace eventually doing it uh, in a way of releasing these kids and disbanding the apex. Mm -hmm. But Simon chooses to work through this trauma by using it to, like, fuel his underlying things, like his narcissism and, like, his other his, things that he has, yeah. like, not working on. Like, which leads to, uh, you know, King Simon, uh, you know, crowning himself basically king of these, these people because of that textbook narcissism of, like, well, if I just rewrite everything in my head, then everyone else is wrong and I'm right. And anyone who deems me wrong is just like stupid yeah and then unfortunately it leads to him you know being killed but yeah. which is kind of ironic in a way because his soul kind of gets sucked out of outside of out of him but yeah. um <laughs> i mean i you know i after the whole whole thing with him like pretty much killing tuba i was like okay I do not care for you anymore, sir. Move on. <laughs> sir, I do not I do ass. not care for you, sir. I do not be gone from me. <laughs> Pretty much. Like like I really like at the very beginning it was it, I was like, "Oh, this is like the dynamic between Grace and Simon are cute. Like, oh, he kind of has a crush on her and like, uh, and then he just turned into like, you know, the complete like thing that I despise the most. Um <laughs> white men with ponies. <laughs> White men with ponytails. <laughs> fair, fair, based, based, <laughs> honestly based. Also, also murderer. <laughs> but the but the ponytail cannot be forgiven. Cannot, cannot be forgiven. Cannot be forgiven. You know, I know many. I know many um characters in shows oh right now that are God. that are white men with ponytails that love murder as well. I should have known. I should have known. <laughs> I should have fucking known the sides. <laughs> but it's unfortunate. I mean, it is unfortunate. I mean, it yeah. was kind of sad when he died because, uh, you know, like the everybody else was like, you know, pushing through and I was really rooting, really rooting. And then it just didn't happen. It gave us like there was nothing. Well, um, I, I think it's also, again, like that sentiment that really wanted to be pushed home that like we had somewhat talked about, which is like some people just don't want to get better like yeah like you know and it's a it's a very real life thing that some people have a hard time um being able to accept because you know fortunately and unfortunately the world is filled with empathetic and sympathetic people and when you have a lot of people like that who just want like you know you want good things for people like like you said yeah. when you're watching the show you want him to improve even though at every turn he's giving you a reason to not like want that for him right like it's it's simon is a hard character to root for like objectively i would say he is very hard to like root for and and want the best for especially after what he when he kills tuba it is almost impossible for most people to just like have any grain of like i want you to get better still right even though you know yeah, that's the whole point of the place that he's on and i mean yeah it, it, it then it boils down to you're faced he's faced with this decision you know where he grace saves him and they're laying down next to each other and there's a part of you that feels like you know it, it'll wrap up but then he does what you should have expected from him but you somehow don't because like you're still rooting for him you know on the inside 
at least you know some people's i don't know a lot of people who watch the show who were just like immediately expected from him because you know after what he did they just immediately thought the worst of him but right. i i remember the first time around i was kind of like you know the whole point of being here is you're supposed to work through your problems no matter how large they may be you know amelia has a hell of a way to go in fixing you know getting her stuff down and in being a better person for it so there was a part of me when i had first watched it the first time around where I was hoping that Simon would not make the decision that was like he was written, obviously written to eventually make. But when he eventually goes to kill Grace and, you know, his number covers his whole body or like right. top half of his body, you're kind of just like, damn. <laughs> I wonder if the show had stayed on Cartoon Network, if they had decided to not like kill off Simon um, mm-hmm. in the way that they did. Because for a second there... <laughs> I kind of forgot that this was a kid's show. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the way that his death is, it kind of makes you forget, forget it's for children, considering they kind of Indiana Jones them. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they literally like uh, laser beamed his ass out of sight, not even a, another second of thoughts. But so that's why I'm like, if it was on Cartoon Network, maybe they would have approached it differently. But I think I, I like that they made Simon the way that he is, and even though it's sad and like. It was like part of me was rooting for him in the beginning. I mean, I think that definitely um, um, expands this whole like discussion on like what you know trauma is mm. and stuff, and the experiences that people have can lead them like obviously down to a very unfortunate and fucked up paths. Um, I kind of am like like to tie it tie it to the end of the season 3 um the only thing i'm disappointed in is the fact that i'm not going to know what happens to hazel um and amelia i think that's like the if i'm going to be grieving anything that's going to be what i'm grieving <laughs> i cuz i really enjoyed hazel was you know um hazel was so cute I would die mm-hmm. for her absolutely the light of my life um yeah. but and she I, and hazel i think also just provides like that much needed um the barrier between i guess like the apex and like real life i because i don't know hazel because you know they are a trained person obviously it's like you know she's on yeah. the train and she's there to like she's pushing forward a narrative and helping these people get better especially you know helping grace get better but right. it is so i don't know it was always very interesting to me how hazel's innocence kind of opened up the opportunity for these people to get better because it, it it seems like, you know, they're so hardened and so set in their ways. There's no opportunity or room for that, or at least they wouldn't allow themselves to have that room for that if it wasn't Hazel. Uh, yeah. And how Hazel is able to be have very real issues and very real things. Because, like, regardless of Hazel being a trained person, she's six. She's a six-year-old girl uh, who is, like, has no idea about anything that's going on with herself and who she is, what she is, and just wants to know, you know? Yeah. And, and and it's kind of and it's interesting because Hazel like going on that own journey of self-discovery with Amelia leads to Grace going on her own journey of self-discovery, you know, to get better. So it's a, it's a it's a fun direct what's it called? Direct correlation? Cor- there's a word. I can't cor- correlation, I think so, yeah. <laughs> um one thing I just thought of though is that when we do find out about the hate truth about Hazel and how she is a trained person, um on the subject of like trauma she is a production of amelia's trauma Mm -hmm. um and is like kind of like because like the whole conspiracy 
it would be like Simon's like, oh yeah, Hazel is like, or I mean, at least I thought the path that it was going to go was like, oh, you know, Simon's going to think that Hazel was like created by one one to, you know, fuck up. That's what was my first thought until I then thought that that's why I had thought that she was a trained person because I thought that um, since Simon had that conspiracy that one one was after them, um, then I thought that one one had created um, Hazel to pushed them on the direction of mm. the hero's journey and stuff um i was just like off by the the true creation but she really is um like dealing with her own stuff and kind of brings in that whole subject on season two of self-identity but also being a product of amelia's own trauma and everything and basically um, amelia having to directly face that trauma in a physical yeah. like a physical manifestation of her trauma yeah exactly and, and i'm sad that we're not gonna be able to see that because i think it would be very yeah. good uh, um uh, and i mean even like hazel coming to terms oh, like, shit, now that with... you put it like that i'm i'm upset that i'm not gonna see that <laughs> yeah because like even hazel would have to come to terms like kind of like how lake did um with the fact that she is a product of trauma and not like a you know I mean, she's gonna have her own self discovery journey of like being half human half turtle i guess I mean, that and also just being a culmination of, like, underlying feelings that Amelia was yeah. having. Because, um, remember, I don't think Amelia in real life ever went to Ulrich's funeral. Um, yeah. Because she couldn't bring herself to go. <coughs> but um, Hazel says to Simon or Grace or both that, like, funerals are a good way to, like, move on and be good and, like, and, like feel better. Which is a sentiment that never sat with Amelia but sits in Hazel. Yeah, you know, which is interesting. You know that it's it's interesting because you could you could also say it was something that because you have to think about it like this, where it's like if Hazel is like a failed attempt, right, at creating Ulrich, um, it's interesting that Ulrich holds these sentiments and Amelia is aware of that, and so it's a direct parallel to the fact that Amelia could not open herself up to these sentiments, but you know Ulrich, her partner, was very open to these sentiments, and having Hazel there you know, will significantly help Amelia work through her continuing trauma right. because of that. It's, you know, I mean, it's literally, like, unironically made the thing that's just going to help her work her shit out. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> like, unintentionally. Ah, damn. I really do hope that the creator does, like, something else. I did read something, like, as we were, like, doing this podcast, um, about something about books, maybe? Um, I had seen to, like, some stuff about that, but I thought they were going to be art books. Yeah, so maybe the the story will co like continue on in like maybe a graphic novel type of way. That would be really cool. Um, I I I do enjoy it, and I also like you know the creator is a very interesting guy, and I appreciate him for diving into like you know, in this like this whole universe in a way. Um, it is very interesting yeah. and grasping. I'm I'm very interested to come back to this after watching uh, season four, because yeah. I I really do think that season four has like a lot um, going for it and has you know some backstory stuff that I think adds more onto the morality of the train itself and one one, which I think will be a little bit more fun to dive into that aspect because uh, we touch on it here, but I think having some background stuff will make it more fun to touch on uh, right. next time we visit this. Um, but. <laughs> I think, I think, you know, 
I think we've covered we've covered you know the majority. We've covered a lot. We've covered yeah. a lot. Um, and I and I just want to say as like an ending note to anybody listening, uh, please uh, again if you haven't watched the show or even if you have, I highly implore you to go rewatch it or watch yes. it for the first time. It, us describing it and talking about it at detail cannot do the show any justice that it actually like literally deserves. Um, Very true. It's a great show. And, 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 you know, the episodes are 11 minutes long, only 10 episodes a season. Come on, you, got, you, you, you could spare an hour and, and 40 minutes. That's correct, right? No, that's not correct. I don't know how to. Wait, no, yes. it is. Haha, I know how to. I'm math. <laughs> I know how to math. I, I, I very much vouch for this show. Um, and I will probably be talking about it for a while now to people because I definitely think it's something that if you like Adventure Time, Steven Universe, um, maybe even like, you know, just anything type of cartoons that like talks on like you know deeper perspectives and this is definitely the type of thing to dive into it's really fun yeah. uh but mars feel free to give us an outro and you know let, let them know maybe <laughs> what we're what we're doing next what's the next thing um, on, the, on the thing oh yes okay so um i'm also gonna plug our twitter because i feel like we should be doing this more often um if you yes. don't follow us on twitter um you can follow us at omarsno and then at jubbles with a three i almost said zeros uh o's <laughs> three o's three o's right am i correct it's three yes three o's i make banger tweets i promise yeah, I, I had a fraggle rock tweets. tweet that hit 18 likes banger yesterday tweets. yo banger. let's go banger <laughs> um but yes i'm excited to be back i'm excited to open up the the conversation more um i think next time we're going to be diving into one of my favorite films um that i introduced to you while you were here um yes. which is swiss army man with daniel radcliffe and i think it's paul daniel who's the yeah, other guy paul, i think it's dano 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 okay um so yeah i'm excited i think that's gonna be a fun uh, um hopefully not too cynical discussion <laughs> about <laughs> you know life death and bonded bonding uh, friendships and whatnot but yeah i appreciate guys listening in and we'll see you next time Yes, and wherever you are, have a good morning, good evening, or good night.